Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. another episode of not your average conversations not your average perspectives not your average black girls hey not your average black not your average black <laughs> girls not your average black not your average black girls all right everybody so the gang's all here you've got me jordan dice and meg on the phone don't know why i said on the phone we are on the podcast today <laughs> <laughs> same difference yeah it's all the same thing um, so guys, today we're talking about strong black woman ideology, and I'm really excited to get into the topic. This is something that I think is a little near and dear to all of our hearts, because at some point we've all either been called a strong black woman or, thanks to society, have feared being called the strong black woman. So today we're going to delve into this ideology and really learn the complexities of it, try and understand where it came from, and see what's so wrong about it. I mean, let's let's just dig into it and dispel it. But before we do that, Megan is going to give us our Not Your Average Black Girl shout out for today. What's up, guys? So for this episode, our Not Your Average Black Girl shout out is going to go to a woman named Imani Byers. She is the owner of a company called Rebirth Wellness, and she goes by the soul doula. She's a certified doula. She's a licensed master social worker and has a master of public health. So she's extremely educated in her craft. Um, For those of you who don't know what a doula is, a doula is a trained professional who basically provides physical, emotional, informational, any type of support to a mother um, and or her partner during the process of, you know, trying to get pregnant, once you are pregnant, helping you with the childbirth plan, just, you know, there to support you and to help you achieve the most healthy and satisfying experience possible. If you want more information on a doula and just their certifications and the history, you can go to dona.org. That's D-O-N-A.org. But Imani is very passionate about assisting women wherever they are on their journey. She has so many resources on her website and a breakdown of all of her services. I'm going to give you a brief run through of what all she offers. Imani offers fertility doula services, labor and birth doula services, postpartum doula services, placenta encapsulation, childbirth education, belly binding, yoni steams, and mother's blessing ceremonies. She services women in and around the Atlanta and Savannah, Georgia areas. And if you go on her website, you'll see all the cities. So definitely take advantage of that. And a little fun fact is I believe about either yesterday or the day before, Imani had a client who had her baby unassisted in the shower at home with a total of only three pushes. Imani was en route to help her, but um, the baby just did not want to wait. So you guys should definitely check her out, especially our Black women out there, our Black couples, because you know, as we learn more and as we evolve and educate ourselves, um, Black women just have the highest rate 
for death and complications in hospitals when it comes to childbirth. So definitely, you know, invest in your health, invest in your childbirth journey. If you want to follow Rebirth Wellness on Instagram, you can follow them at Rebirth, and that's spelled R-E-B-Y-R-T-H, wellness, underscore doulas, D-O-U-L-A-S. And then her website is rebirthwellness.com. And just a little tip for those of you who might be considering checking her out, she does offer a free consultation, and that is our Not Your Average Black Girl shout out for this episode. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Um, did y'all know that Erica Badu is a doula? I'm not surprised, I but I did that. not know. Yeah. I did know that. I did know that. I think she was the doula for um, Tiana Taylor recently. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. So pretty interesting. So but interesting. Yeah, you're right. She, does. she seems like that is, you know, yeah. would be her second job. So. Uh, definitely. <laughs> okay, guys. So let's get into the strong black woman. So what is a strong black woman? Oh, Lord, that is a loaded question. Um, so basically what I found was the strong black woman narrative. It kind of came about because of other previous narratives that the black community really did not like. So I found all this information from Al Jazeera or AJ plus, which is a news network. So I do want to give credit where credit is due, but basically after slavery, the Mammy character was created. And most of us are familiar with a Mammy. And Mammy is basically an older Black woman who's asexual. And her primary job was to take care of this white family and their white children. And that character only came to be because when slavery ended, I guess, as bad as this may sound, I guess some of the white people had a longing for that pastime of having slaves. So they created the Mammy character to bring them some comfort and to show that some Black people enjoy being, you know, in our house all day and raising our children. Um, so that character was born, clearly problematic. Then later on, we got the Jezebel character, um, or I guess the loose Black woman, however you want to put it. So if you think of people like the character Foxy Brown, who was played by Pam Greer, no shade to Pam Greer because she was excellent, but nevertheless, it was a highly sexualized character. And so that put the narrative out there that black women were quote unquote easy or, you know, um, this just had like this unsatiable sexual appetite, right? So clearly that was problematic as well. So then we ended up with the angry black woman, and that definitely came from like characters like if y'all remember the movie Deliver Us from Eva, Gabrielle Union's character, you know, like always ready to snap, always ready to tell you about yourself, blah, 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 blah. So again, problematic. So all of that led to the strong black woman narrative where we ended up with characters like um, what's her name? Viola Davis's character in How to Get Away with Murder, um, Carrie Washington's character and that other show. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but nevertheless, y'all know who I'm talking about, where she was like a lawyer or something. Um, so never <laughs> scandal. Yeah, thank you, scandal. I was like, I don't know. I used to watch it. I lost track. I ain't gonna sit here and lie. But y'all get, I'll get my point. So all of that is what led to the strong black woman narrative. And so I think initially this was a good idea. I think they were like, okay, we're no longer seen as a mammy. We're no longer seen basically as a hoe. We're no longer seen as angry. Now we're seen as strong and we can conquer anything. So that's basically where that whole narrative came from. Okay. That uh, that makes a lot of sense. You really wrapped that up pretty well. <laughs> I will get, what is that, Al Jazeera? Yes. I'm going to have to go look that video up because that does make sense. 
So now that we have the strong black woman character or ideology, what are the strengths of this narrative or of having this narrative? Um, I feel like the positives with it is that it's clearly better than the previous narratives um, for obvious reasons. I mean, I think a lot of women would rather be seen as strong than to be seen as um, a mammy or a Jezebel. (laughs) Um, You know, I think it's good because in that way, it does empower Black women and makes Black women feel like they can do a lot of things and they can accomplish things and they can, you know, whether it's career wise, personal life wise or whatever, like it gives them a sense of confidence that they may not have had prior to seeing the previous characters that were out there. And then it it builds representation too, right? So, you know, imagine that you're like, I don't know, a little third grader sitting at home. And if you're seeing somebody on TV, I won't necessarily say like how to get away with murder because it's not like we're trying to, you know, raise other, um, you know, I don't know, (laughs) conspiring attorneys, but I'm just saying like, say, you know, you are in the third grade and you see some of these powerful black women on TV, in addition to, you know, all the Michelle Obamas of this world, um, all of the uh, professional, strong black female athletes, you know, um, even to see like Sierra, I feel like even in her own right, she exudes some type of strong black woman um, narrative showing how you can overcome certain situations and still kind of like walk in into something better. I think it's really good to have that representation as a as a younger black female or a young black kid, because then that gives you mm-hmm. something to to look up to and um, idealize. I would have to say, I think that the positives are definitely the representation, like y'all were saying, it gives, you know, young girls and um, even young women who might be in their 20s who feel like they don't have an image or an idea of what to look up to, something to look up to. Um, But a negative would definitely be that, as we've seen, people sometimes take it and run with it. Um, You're a strong Black woman, so oh, why are you talking about how you don't have a man? Aren't you a strong black woman? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, why do you need that company to promote you? Can't you start your own company? Aren't you a strong (laughs) black woman? You know, I I do think that some people kind of use it against you. Um, But overall, I mean, I do think that the depiction is positive. I think it's what we, the narrative that we should push out just for each other and for other young girls coming behind us. And I think I don't like the fact, well, it's not I think I know. It's like the strong Black woman narrative. They make it seem like, you know, the one kryptonite is a man, you know, not having a man. Or if you do have a man, he's like draining her dry, Mm -hmm. you know, but she's just so blinded by love that she can't see that this man isn't good for her. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the negative implications of the strong Black woman, too, for it to be made apparent or made as if a strong black woman can't have it all. Like she can't have a loving marriage, a faithful husband, beautiful kids and a successful career or, you know, be a boss and whatever it is that she does outside of her family or be a boss within her family. And that's enough too. you know, um, if you are a strong black woman, then it, it has to be about the business. You know, you're on the business side, you're killing it where it can't be necessarily like, you know, you're at home or doing whatever you do that may not be business related, but you're killing it within your household as well. So I think um, the narrative just kind of opens up, um, I I don't know, like a lot of issues for people who have just um, narrowly confined it to, I guess, one specific type of Black person. And then that kind of passes doubt or judgment on people who may feel like they don't fit that mold. So I think that's one of the, the negative implications as well. Yeah, I feel like another negative to add to what y'all just said is that 
and it's a more severe one is it goes back to what Megan was saying in her shout out about black women being more likely to die, giving childbirth and stuff like that. Um, it falls back on that strong black woman narrative. It's like, Oh, we don't feel pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that goes even deeper than just, you know, childbirth. I mean, you can carry that all the way back to slavery and, you know, the human experiments that were done on black people in general back then. But there's this, this grave misconception that as a black woman or as a black person that you don't feel any pain. And so I think the strong black woman kind of feeds into that narrative. Unfortunately, you know, I don't think it was the intention, but that is something that has come out of that where it's like, oh, y'all be fine. And I feel like we even do it to each other as black women too. Where it's like, if somebody's going through something, oh girl, you so strong, you be all right. Oh girl, you a strong black woman, you get through this. It's like, that don't have nothing to do with <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it sounds nice, but it's like, I still am feeling some pain. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we need to work on that as a community to allow each other to express our feelings and our pain without it being turned into, oh, you'll be okay because you're strong. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the unfortunate um, repercussions for us of having been, you know, enslaved all of that time. I think it's honestly a state of being mentally enslaved at this point. You know, we have to be conscious with each other and remind ourselves that, you know, we're no longer in a time where back then, you know, our ancestors, they had to be okay when they were slaves because they didn't have a choice. You know, you had to be okay. There was no Mm -hmm. alternative to the life that you were living. Now, we don't have to always be okay. There are other options. It's okay to allow someone to be in whatever state that they're in without your automatic go-to, like you were saying, Dice, to be, oh, you're so strong, you'll be okay, or oh, you'll be all right, or whatever. You know, it's, it's, I think it's just that that act of being conscious, like I was saying, and remembering that, you know, we don't have to force that on ourselves anymore. It's okay to say... Yeah this is not all right. Yeah. It's okay to have feelings (laughs) and to express them, you know, and not have them be belittled with a strong black woman comment. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or to make you feel weak for having them. I I think that's the direct inverse of this, you know, Mm -hmm. is if you're not strong, then you're weak and you don't want to feel weak. You don't want to seem weak. So you push yourself to, to be strong, even when you need to, have that emotional release. And let me tell y'all something. I was raised by two very like alpha parents. So alpha male and alpha female. And so I know that I have a pretty dominant personality and I have learned from like therapy and just life experience over the years that that was in a way damaging to me because it's very hard for me to, I guess, emote or to deal with anything that I consider like a weak emotion, like crying, because my parents were always telling me, don't be crying, don't be crying about this, don't be crying about that. I was not allowed to cry as a kid. You know, so things that really like, at the time, I didn't think much of, but when I became an adult, I was like, yeah, this is a problem. Like, you know, and I don't really know how to handle it. Like it it took me a long time and I still work on it till this day, but it took me a long time to be able to express my emotions and not feel bad about expressing them or not feel like, oh, you shouldn't be crying about that or whatever. Like it's a constant struggle for me, but I'm more aware of it because of what I've learned, you know, from therapy and how important it is to be able to express yourself and not hold back because other people may be uncomfortable with you crying or or with you expressing how you feel. So that's just a little random side note, but yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I was going to say, um, I know we had our whole episode on toxicity already, so I'm not just trying to throw the black man out there and talk about him for no reason. But I think it's very important that if you do have like a strong black woman, um, or if you are someone who feels like you need to, um, I don't know, cave to the strong black woman ideology, that if you do have a partner that our men understand what it's like for, you know, for a female who's living the life of a strong black woman or who's just living the life of a black female in general at this point. So kind of like what Dice was saying, where you do have an issue um, emoting, I guess that would be the, the, the correct way of saying that. Yes, yeah, a therapeutic if you have term. An issue, thank you. I, I had never heard that before. Me neither. So, so I went to therapy. Because, you know, I was just like, girl, I can't cry. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so like if you're someone who does have, you know, a, a issue or a block when it comes to expressing your emotions, like outwardly, um, and it may not always be based off how you were raised, like we're talking about, it's, it's sometimes based off what you see on TV and the ideals that society implements in you from a child growing up. Mm-hmm. It's important to have black men in our community who understand what it's like for black women and know that whenever we we deal with you whenever we try to love you and interact with you that it's got to be like a two-way street and I need you to understand what I'm going through because the you know we aren't talking about the perfect black female we're talking about the strong black female you know so we're going to need help in that relationship like we can't do it all on our own it's going to be a two-way street and you need to understand us just like you expect us to understand you and fight for us just like you expect us to fight for you so, um, you know, I, I keep getting Meg and, and Tory vibes off of this whole situation because once again, you know, people were expecting him to have some type of reason, you know, for shooting her. Well, he couldn't have done it for nothing. He couldn't have done it for nothing. And it's like, well, maybe he just was intimidated by her because she is a strong black woman. And based off what we've seen on TV, strong black women are indestructible. We don't feel pain. You know, she she doesn't, you know, X, Y, and Z, she doesn't emote or, you know, so um, he felt like this was an appropriate action to take. And it's not like we need our, our black men to understand that we're still women, we're still human, and we do still need protecting, even though we may come off as if we don't. So that was my rant after Dice's rant. Meg, you got one? <laughs> you, you, you have a rant you want to add in? No? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have a rant. I just was going to ask y'all, and I feel like, Obviously, our listeners probably have made the decision on their own after hearing all of us talk, but I just was going to ask y'all, like, so do you consider yourself as a strong Black woman? I know I am, but <laughs> I know I am, but what about y'all? Um, Not really, to be honest. Um, I think after doing all the research and really hearing about the issues throughout the years, with the narrative, I don't know if I would really consider myself a strong black woman um, only because I, I think I'm seeing more and more of the problematic side of it than I am of seeing the positive side of it. I'm not saying the narrative needs to be thrown out or anything, but I just don't think I would fully apply that to myself. Do I think that I have some strong components to my personality? Yes. But I do think it's important, especially for me, like I said, to work on my own emotions and my own responses to things. And I think the strong black woman narrative does not allow for me to do that. So that's my two cents. Um, I think I think I can be. I feel like for me more so, do I think I'm an intimidating black woman? Yes. Um, and I think that if I do come off as strong, it's honestly... Um, unapparent to me like I'm just I'm just doing what I do 
I have heard a lot of people say that I am intimidating at like first impressions. And what I'm starting to realize is how that can rub off and affect some men. Um, because I mean, I'm, I'm pretty strong in how I was, you know, brought up. I was fortunate enough to have some really good role models as far as parents go. And so, um, you know, people always say how they don't want their daughters to be impressed by anything. And that was something that I kind of had about me, I think, growing up was I wasn't really impressed by much because my parents had done a good job about um, exposing me to a lot. And so I think that that in itself is sometimes um, sometimes intimidating to other people. Um, and and so I think I don't know, I, I think that's just kind of what comes off of about me is maybe more so like an intimidation although I don't think I'm an intimidating person and I'm, I'm pretty nice if I must say so myself um but yeah I mean I, I I could see how that could come off as you know strong or um or what whatever you want to call it but I wouldn't say that's something I'm you know actively getting up every day like I'll be the strongest <laughs> bitch on the block today <laughs> like you know it's not my hop about the bed turn my eyes strong oh god um, <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's just like when I think of what is a strong black woman, I just think of like, you know, someone who is confident in themselves and their abilities, like in their goals, their dreams, and who can stand firm on their own, not easily, you know, beaten down into having other people's viewpoints, you know, just is sound in mind, body, and spirit. Um and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I feel like that's me all the way around. And I do think it partially has to do with like the way I was raised. My grandma used to have this saying, um, you know, if she needed something done, um, and someone wouldn't do it, you know, that wouldn't phase her. She always be like, Okay, well, no problem. My name's spell woman. Like <laughs> that was her thing. And so that just meant to her, like, okay, you're not gonna do it, it doesn't matter, because I can make it happen no matter who or what is in my way. Um and for me, that's just kind of what it means. And I know that me and my fiance had this conversation about how some men are very intimidated by, you know, Black women who come off strong, Black women who come off as if they want you, but they don't need you, you know, Black women who could be fine just kind of doing their own thing. Um, and it was very interesting. He told me, he said, he's always been like, attracted to women who are that way because his mom was that way and so or is she's still alive sorry I just realized how that sounded <laughs> but his mom is that way like very you know she's gonna get it done doesn't matter what stands in her way and so I think for me that's why I identify as like saying you know I know I'm a strong black woman because at the end of the day I mean I think that's just how I come off I think I'm very um like Dice was saying I think I have a very dominant personality um and I think that just kind of, you know, puts it puts it in a nice little package. Come off as, you know, somebody who's very firm in everything. Um, but I do see what you were saying, Dice, about how, like, it can kind of come off as a negative. I think for me, it's just all about, like, when it comes to me. I think in general is one thing, but when it comes to me, I think it's just all about not letting other people define like what that means in terms of how I view myself but I do think that in general people have got to get away from that whole like associating the negatives with it because when you're talking about the crying and stuff I was like really I used to cry all the time (laughs) oh it just wasn't allowed like it just wasn't allowed in my household growing up 
Um, I'm not recommending that to anybody if you are raising children, (laughs) but uh, it definitely was not allowed. And so, yeah, I just feel like for me, that's the only reason why I can't fully identify with being a strong black woman, because I'm just like in my own mind and my own upbringing, that was always seen as a weakness. And yeah, so no, just, I get what you're saying. I got to figure that out. But anyways, that's a personal, you know, obviously we ask for each other's opinions. That's a personal thing. But nevertheless, that's that's what's holding me back. But I was going to say when you were talking about, you know, your um, fiance's perspective or whatever, um, it just makes me think about in general how being or not being, however you identify yourself, but for the sake of this topic, for being a strong Black woman, how that has impacted the average black woman's dating life and their relationships, you know, because I feel like for me, I have dated guys on both ends. I've dated guys who love the idea of having this strong, independent woman on, you know, their arm. And I've dated guys who are the complete opposite, who really like, they are the types of men that feel some sort of way if you're not asking them to do something or if you don't need anything from them. It's like, oh, well, what am I here for? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's yes. a problem um, yes, within yes. itself. So I mean, we can go on and on and on about it, but I just wanted to say like, at the end of the day, you know, you are who you are <laughs> and you should definitely date people who appreciate you for who you are. I'm definitely big on that. But I think we have a long way to go in the black community when it comes to how our black men tend to view black women, especially in the in this sense of being strong or not strong. Yeah. So speaking of the the strong black woman ideology in men, since we've already just segued into relationships, let's talk about gender roles in the black community and um, what that imposes on a female who's trying to, you know, live life in this strong black woman era. So one of those things is what single parenthood in the black community. Yeah, unfortunately, that is just way too common. Um. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm the only one out of us three who came from a single parent home um and I definitely think like and I could be biased because it's my own mom but like I just know so many people who are like you did an excellent job like you defied the odds like you made it happen and that was my mom like you know she she made it happen but um Dice I know you were saying like unfortunately that's something we see all too much and working in the school system I, I honestly I have to agree like there are so many single parent um homes and it's honestly sad to watch because not all of them are to the point to where they can just make things happen you know and so they struggle so much but it's like people still are like oh well she's strong she can handle it she can mm-hmm. you know it, it'll be fine she's strong she's strong black women do it every day she's strong and it's like okay that doesn't negate the fact that it's hard or that like she doesn't know where her kid's next meal might come from. I also think people don't take the time to figure out like why there are so many single mothers in the black community. Like they try to act like it's something we did. You know what I'm saying? Not saying I'm a single mother. I'm just using we as a general term. Nothing wrong with it though if you are. Um, But yeah, I think like they forget that single parenthood really stems a lot from black men being overly incarcerated. And so, unfortunately, yeah, if y'all keep throwing all the men in jail, then, yeah, they're not going to be around to provide for their children or to play an active role in their child's life because y'all are constantly throwing them in jail. And these days, probably even shooting them the boots. So, you know, there's that. 
but but then to um you know incarceration aside i feel like you have and i'm trying to get my words together but i feel like you have our community um forgiving the man and, and putting some blame on the woman so i've heard people say well she laid down and she made those babies you know she laid down and she did that yeah but she didn't do it by herself mm-hmm. you know like somebody had to lay down there with her and so regardless of whether he's in prison or not i don't see why there isn't that same type of importance placed on the black man or the man in the community in the black community to be a part of his child's life more not saying he has to be you know in a relationship with the mother but there does need to be some fatherhood going on on his Mm -hmm. end but we as the community will allow a man to make babies any and everywhere you know without getting in his ass twice about using some type of protection Mm -hmm. or making sure that whenever you go over there that you don't leave a baby over there with her too you know like having some type of responsibility about himself and his dealings and then once um the results of his sexual dealings come about you need to have some responsibility when dealing with those kids and the mothers of those children as well Mm -hmm. and we just allow men to do what they do and we talk real bad about the mom but yet nobody's saying anything real bad about the man it's just well, you know, you knew that's how he was. You, you know, that's what he do. They're like, he's just being a right. man. Yeah, <laughs> they love that line. He right. just being Lord. a man. I know he just being a hoe. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just take issue with that too, with the single parent um, situation in the black community, and maybe it's because you know they feel like, well, a woman is you know created to to take care, you know, because we do have that maternal figure. I mean, we are moms, so. Um, we have that mammy, that mammy role. So you think, well, she could take care of him. She could handle it. You know, she, she could do it. But it's like, like Megan said, no, it's hard. Yeah, she can do it, but it's hard, you know? So, and yeah, you know, it just really goes to show too, when it comes to like how you said men needing to be black men needing to be fathers and the importance of fatherhood. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but on social media, anytime a black man does something remotely decent for his child, they plaster it all over social media. I'm like, Y'all are praising this man for doing what he's already supposed to be doing. Oh, look at so-and-so fixing my baby hair. Yeah, it's his child. <laughs> like, he needs to be fixing her hair. <laughs> like, it's just, that's how bad it is in our community where we have to celebrate these basically everyday things because we are so used to Black men not doing Not it. doing it, yeah. Let me tell y'all something. I was four. I will never forget this. My mom had gone out of town for like the weekend for a work trip. And my dad had braided my hair had done my hair and like this cute little single little braid with some knockerballs on the end and then he had made a lasagna which was um i'm sure store-bought and y'all when my mom got back to town i ranted and raved about that single braid hairstyle he had given me <laughs> and that oven baked lasagna that i'm sure had came from michaelina's that he had baked us that night Oofers. and my mama got in my ass about how unimportant those two acts were because she did that every single day and she had to let me know that that like love my daddy to death and i know if my mama here she gonna be like now girl why are you doing all that but for real, my mama was like that ain't nothing <laughs> straight like that so yeah it's it's crazy and her feelings about the lasagna <laughs> i don't blame her i would do the same thing like you ain't about to discredit me and all my hard work yeah Lord have mercy. I was going to say, Jordan, you made a good point. Also, just something I was going to add to the list is aside from the letting the man off the hook, there's also that blame put on black women about, well, 
you know, why didn't you have an abortion or why didn't you give up the baby or why would you let yourself get to baby, you know, number two, number three. I just wanted to add that's another thing we need to stop doing, you know, to single mothers, stop putting, stop trying to be in charge of their bodies on top of giving the past to the man. Yeah. I mean, it's just time to start holding all parties accountable. Mm -hmm. And I think that would take some of the stress and the load off of the strong black woman because we're carrying it for everyone. We're literally carrying the community on our back. You know what I'm saying? We take the blows for the man and for us when there needs to be equal blame accounted for to everybody. And uh, for whatever reason, our community, um, we do coddle the black man to a certain extent. You know, we do give him a lot of passes. We understand that it's so hard for him out here. We get it. And so we allow um, him to get away with a lot when it comes to our community internally. And I think we need to start holding them more accountable just like they hold us accountable um that needs to be more of a two-way street and maybe we won't have to be so strong all the time you know calloused from being strong and all the bruises we have from from being so strong Mm -hmm. okay so are men still the providers i mean ain't no other way to segue (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anymore it's very dependent on who you're dealing with i feel like I've seen, again, both sides. I've I've dealt with men who wanted everything to be 50-50. And I've dealt with men who would like more of a 60-40, you know, 80-20 sort of split. For me, I definitely needed to be more like 80-20. Like he handled 80%, I'll handle 20%. I've just learned that about myself. I'm not a 50-50 type of girl. Did it once, didn't like it. I'm keeping it real. Like that's me. So I do prefer for the man to carry the bulk of the load financially. Um, I do expect to contribute, but I definitely prefer for him to be like the the sole provider. And like my money is more so like the backup money, you know, but. Yeah, I think if you're looking at, I mean, to answer your question, Jordan, I think if you're looking at your average just keeping it real, your average family, black family in America with the way the economy is, are there many men out here who are probably taking care of all of it? No, because the way the system is set up is not designed for us to succeed as easily. Um, the way that a lot of, you know, white people, Asian people, um, whatever can. But I mean, do I think that most women are like dice and would prefer for it to be 80 20 if not you know 90 10 100 zero absolutely (laughs) i just think that the reality of a lot of people's situation is you know where is he getting the money to Mm -hmm. carry the bulk of the load and sometimes it's you know there there are educated people out there are people who have you know gone to school to be a doctor who can't carry 80 20 they barely meet in 50 50 um and it's sad but that's the way it is, that it is and so i think it's case by case scenario you know yeah. obviously you got some men who are gonna do their all and you got some men who just gonna get by you know as long as you letting them stay there that's what they call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm just being honest yeah so um i don't have no man right now you know i ain't got no fiance so i can't speak as to what's going on in my household but um, I've always kind of felt like if I'm not contributing, then I don't really have anything to say. You know, like I don't have standing <laughs> to raise an issue because, I mean, my money's not going into it. So, um, you know, in my mind and in my imaginary household where everything's just, you know, flowers and roses, 
Um, I can't see myself contributing. Now, I'm like Dice. I don't know if I want to do 50-50. I mean, I might if the good Lord tells me to. But um, yeah, same. I do feel like, you know, yeah, I do feel like there should be some contribution on both parts. I mean, the same mm-hmm. thing goes for the man as well. Like, if you want to say something about what's going on in this house, then you need to be contributing something. If not, then unfortunately, that's not your place. Um, and I just kind of feel like, you know, that's that's just the, the right thing to do. Um, and, but now, you know, like how you contribute, that's all on you. You know, one person could cover lights, the other person cover groceries, you know, like that, that's different, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's some type of contribution, um, needs to be had in my mind in order for you to want to be able to say something, um, you know, that's a very mind. good point that you raised Jordan. I think that that, um, is honestly how we got to where we are with a lot of black women who like want to be able to provide for themselves. You know, that history of back when all women pretty much used to stay home. Um, you know, the man is bringing home the bacon, so to speak. So he makes the rules, you know, and there are some women who are happy with that lifestyle. But I think you would find if we interviewed some older women, you'd find that a lot of them were very unhappy with, you know, I had to do what he wanted or play by his rules because he was the one who paid the bills. So I think that's very important that you kind of touch on that. I think that's why a lot of women are afraid to not have anything to give because Mm -hmm. they feel like, well, you know, what can I say? This is his house. You know, this is his (laughs) money. I mean, there are a lot of women who feel like that. Luckily, I know that, you know, say I decided I didn't want to work at all. I know that my fiance would never treat me like that, but I know there are some men out there who would. So, you know, I think that's very important. Ever since I was let go because of COVID, I learned that the domestic life is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I ain't knocking nobody because it sounds real cute at first. But after like day, you know, 14 on to day 21 on to however many months it's been now, I'm just like, yeah, I need to be on somebody's job. Like, honestly, it's just like the boredom that really did it for me. Like, I was just bored and I was so tired of cleaning. Like, I was like, oh my God, I don't even have no kids, y'all. Just all the cleaning. I'm like, I can't imagine having like three, four kids to run behind on top of this. I just couldn't do it. So I, I learned quickly that it is is not the life for me. I need to at least be working somebody's job part-time because I can't do it. But I think um, on a serious <laughs> note, <laughs> I think that- You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. Issues um, lately is like black men typically saying like, you know, y'all want to be so strong and so independent. You know, y'all don't need us to pay for this or to pay for that. Like I've definitely seen that narrative. (laughs) I've seen that narrative get thrown out there on social media or whatever, um, where they're just like, "What, what do we really need to do? But then I've also seen it to where, you have the opposite going on where you have black men who are dependent on black women and their pockets. So I'm just trying to figure out, you know, if, if it's not okay, if it's not okay for us to be a housewife, quote unquote, but it's okay for you to be a house husband, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to know where we're at, like gender role wise. And, you know, what are y'all thoughts on that? Um, well, I, I, I you go first, Jordan. You go first. Yeah, I'm gonna answer from kind of like the perspective of like paying for everything like a date, right? So I, I, I'm gonna just say this: I don't go out on any date without money in my pocket. I mean, duh. You know, um, I feel like we see those memes sometimes where it's like females could go out with seven dollars and have a whole blast. You know, like that is true, but I don't go out dependent on them seven dollars. You know what I'm saying? I got money. Um, but I. If I'm on a date with you, I expect you to pay. I should not have to pay for my food. And if I do, do not call me after that. Like, do not expect to hear from me or see me ever again. Um, now, like I said, because because I was raised where I saw like it it being, you know, 50-50 or however my parents split it. Like I did see my mom doing for my dad and doing for the family as a whole and treating them like I'm not, you know, I don't know stingy or anything with my money like if I like you and I feel the need to like treat you one night I'm like hey you know what I got this you know and I'm let let you slide with that like I got it um but like as far as paying I don't care if I have it I'm going to expect you to pay for it like I expect you to pay for it um and 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 that's just on me uh Megan I know I kind of got off on probably the original question but Megan you know what's your your opinion Girl, I just was going to say, I'm an old school fool, and ain't no man that I'm with about to be sitting at home, feet up, kick back, <laughs> while I'm at the nine to five. It's just not going down that way. I'm sorry, and some people may feel that's sexist. That's your opinion, and you are welcome to it, as I am welcome to mine. But I just don't like that, and I mean, I know I don't have to worry about that because the one I'm with would never, like, stay home. Like, I feel like he would even get mad at that suggestion. Like, it doesn't matter if I was to hit the lottery and win $50 million. He's still not going to stay home. Like, he's still going to find something that he wants to do with his time, whether it's start a nonprofit or what. I mean, he's not going to be at home because in his eyes, that's not what a man does. You know, a man goes out there and he gets it however he has to get it so that he can provide for his household for his family um and in terms of the dating stuff I mean I'm right with you if I was going on a date with someone and especially if it's our first date and I have to pay I mean first and last date I just feel like (laughs) I mean I just feel like why, why can't you pay men we talk about this all the time men have gotten away from being men Yes. Mm-hmm. They have gotten away from being me. It is not you. Let me tell you something. I mean, and Dice, I'm sure you could agree. Obviously, once you have spent some time together in a relationship, like I've been with my fiance for six years, 
obviously we have not gone these six years without me doing something for him. That's just absurd. Like it is not, it's not saying that, oh, the woman should never do anything for the man. But I think a lot of people want to, want to skip a step and they're like, y'all always talk about the men spoiling the women, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you should be trying to spoil her and chase after her. She's the prize. I'm not saying you're chopped liver. Like a good man is hard to come by, but she should not be. I guess I just feel like if I have to wine and dine you for you to become my man, I'll just stay single. You know what I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. Like if I have to do all that, well, then I just stay by myself. I take myself to dinner. I feel I, like I mean, they just want wine. Okay. They want the candy before the jar sometimes. And I'm just Come like, on. okay, let, let's get the jar first. And then we can start putting some candy in it one piece at a time. Because I just feel like they be doing too much. And I also think what, what also messes it up is you don't know their dating history. Sometimes when you go on a first date, you, you typically don't know how they've been dating all before, right? And so I know some females are totally fine with paying for a first date or going 50-50 on a first date. There are women out there like that. And so I think when that one girl does it, then they just assume, oh, yeah, well, you know, the last girl, blah, blah, blah. No, that that's her and that's her business and that's her pockets. But these pockets over here don't need to be lined. You know, <laughs> like, y'all need to handle your business or whatever. I'm just kidding. I'm going 50-50 on no date. Like, nope. I'm not doing that. Nope. Not doing that. That's not a date. <laughs> No, it's not. It's two friends going out, hanging out, eating together. Like, trust and believe. If I got to go 50-50, don't call me. That's not a date. My mama taught me at a young age, don't tell people you having a party. Like, I think I wanted to have a dinner party somewhere for a birthday. And she was like, okay, are we paying for everyone? And I said, no. And she said, well, then it's not a party. She said, when you invite someone to a party, to an event, you're taking care of them. She said, if you just want to go to dinner, then just say that because they're going to pay for themselves. It's not a party. You don't invite someone to something that they have to put money into. That's like if, you know, my wedding or Dice's wedding, if we put on the invitation that people need to come with, they $30 or $40 per person <laughs> per plate. I you're need not, to. <laughs> you're not inviting them. You're not inviting them to anything then. Y'all are having dinner. Yeah. It, it's not an invitation. It's, that's how I feel about a date. It's not a date if I got to pay. I'm sorry. We can be cool. We can hang out. I love to hang out, but it's not a date. No, I agree. Well, let, let me ask y'all this too. What if it's a first date and a female offers to pay? Do you think the man should still allow her to pay? No. Like, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I agree too. No, fight me for the check. I don't care how many times I'm like, oh, I got it, I got it. No, take it out my hand and say, no, ma'am, you don't. All right. No, I don't. I just don't think it's okay, especially for a first date. And also communication goes a long way. Like if you know that you don't have the funds as a man to pay for the date, number one, you shouldn't be dating. But number two, you'll be surprised like how willing we are to work with you. If you were just honest up front. If you get creative. Simply, yeah, you could just simply state like, hey, you know, I'm struggling a little bit right now, but I would still love to take you out. You know, can we come up with something to do? Like you say, we come with a little, little cute little, you know, cheap date. You know what I'm saying? We can go sit. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a whole bird. Don't tell me that you ain't got the funds I'm, before I first know. date. I'd rather you tell me that up front than to waste my time, have me put on a whole outfit, makeup, everything, go on a True. full long date for you to say, True. oh, I ain't got it. Because then I'm going to really be pissed off. So True. I'd rather you just tell me up front and then I can decide from the beginning if I want to go forward or not. If I, if you, and you might, you never know, like you might really like the person 
You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, okay, well, maybe he just <laughs> fell on a hard time, which happens. Like, I'm unemployed right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like something could have happened that caused him to lose employment, but he may really like you and be like, okay, well, let's just do like a little cheap date or whatever. And once he gets a job, then it's different. But just let people know up front. That's basically or- be creative. I mean, I understand if you don't want to peep your hand to this person you barely know and say, hey, I don't have the funds, but get creative. You mean, I mean, plan yeah. like a yeah. plan like a go see situation. Take me to places around the city I've never been before. I mean, yeah. like plan a nice yeah. picnic or something. Get I mean, scuba ice cream. Just like, uh, get creative. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. I'm not the spokesperson for every woman in the world, but I just feel like there are more people out there than men realize that would give you a chance if you could show that you could treat them well versus, oh, you're a millionaire, but when we get behind closed doors, like you beat on me or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I just wow. think that, well, <laughs> yeah, no, I know that, I know that's extreme. I'm just saying. Lord have mercy. Oh Lord. Don't even. I know that's extreme. I'm just saying. I think that people don't realize that there are people out there who will give you a chance. You just have to show some true effort. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. You make a great point, Megan. Effort is the key. And also going back to what I said. Don't don't tell me that you ain't got it. Don't show your hand. I think what Megan said is the best. Like, don't show your hand and just just get creative. Um, but I don't know, Megan or Dice. I think you said earlier, like, if you don't have the if you don't have like the funds and like the time or the attention to put into dating, like if you know you can't give it your all in whatever respective area, then maybe you should just hold off until you yeah. can. Um, but you know, given the the Corona age, there are tons of ways that you can get creative with dates and go on, um, you know, little cheap dates that are still interesting and exciting, and you know, romantic and all that good stuff. Um, and a female never has to know. But yeah. if she takes you to dinner. If y'all end up at a restaurant, you better make sure y'all go to you know McDonald's or something and just get two Travis burgers because I, I'm gonna need you to to cover that cost of of that. But you're true. First date. That's me. You know, I guess I'm the Tony Childs of the group, but that's me on the first date. Um, no, so. that's not even. That's just, in my opinion, that's just expecting a man to court you properly. And for my women who don't need that, that's fine. But I know that that's something that I needed and had to have and got it. And so now we're here. Only real strong black women don't need that. <laughs> Gotta be a strong black woman to say, I got a bae. First date. But, um, yeah, so, all right, well. I know oh. I brought up Tyler Perry earlier. Yeah. But this is yeah. good, yeah. Okay, y'all. So, we're not even gonna stay on this long, but I watched Acrimony last night because BBC was playing all the Tyler Perry movies last night. Um, And I feel like that's tied in so good with this because, Y'all know in the movie, Shoddy was footing the bill for their lives, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Or what, how many, I don't know how many years they were Ever. together. But like 30, 40 years, it was a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, she met she him. she was like 19, 18, 19 when she met yeah. him, like freshman in college. Yes, and they ran through like whatever money she had. The mom's house ended up being foreclosed on because he talked her into signing a new mortgage on it to like fund his dreams. Um, and I think that that movie is like crazy stuff aside, right? Cause she did go crazy. 
I think that that movie is the perfect example of how you need to be honest with yourself, I think, as a woman and as a man. I'll say this can apply to anyone. Be honest with yourself when you sign up to be the only one that is going to provide. Be honest with yourself when you sign up to wait for someone to achieve their dreams, no matter how long it takes. Because, you know, I think he did a good job, even though a lot of people say the movie is trash. (laughs) I think he did a good job of showing how at the end of the day, yes, she loved him. But I think the divorce inevitably came because she had no more to give. Like she had nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I just think that fits in so perfectly because it made me wonder, like, how many Black women out here have done that? You know what I mean? Like, have just carried the load for as long as they could. And then, you know, the relationship ended because they just couldn't do it no more. And right when it ended, the man (laughs) had his big break. And it's like, well, dang. Why this couldn't happen when I was taking care of him for 10 years or whatever? You know what I mean? Or I'm sure you've seen it to where the Black woman will be like, she's done so much for him, not even financially, but just like grooming this man, trying to like teach him the ways and how to treat a woman, you know, basically trying to raise him, so to speak. And then he leaves her and then goes and marries the next girl. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yep, it happens. Unfortunately, it happens. I mean, he was trash overall because right. he did all the things that he promised her with the next woman, who was the same woman that she caught him cheating with back in the day. That caused her to have the hysterectomy. So the whole thing was a mess. I mean, it, it definitely had Tyler Perry written all over it. That's why. It's a movie. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's, it was a good lesson, you know, goes to show. Because, you know, I ultimately, we were having a Facebook debate last night, me and some friends. And they both were wrong. But I always <laughs> go back to saying he was more wrong. Because... Now, she was wrong for letting you not work all them years. But you, as a man... I don't know what was going through his mind to make him think that he couldn't work and work on his dream at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like no other millionaire has done that. They all had regular nine to five jobs while they were on the side working on their dream. Why you mm-hmm. thought you could stay home? I don't know. But and she allowed it. Yeah. And so that's where she was wrong. She shouldn't have allowed it. I never would have gone for that. But the fact that you as a man didn't like, it never occurred to you to roll over and be like, dang, my wife is really tired. My wife is really struggling. Nope. Like, come on. Yeah, I think Acrimony is a great movie. I've always said, um, well, since it came out, I feel like that's, in my opinion, Tyler Perry's like best movie. Um, because there is so much to discuss and debate about it. And you can pull like, you know, pros and cons from both sides. Like I find, I don't want to say rooting for like either one, but you know, like Megan said, you could pull out what one did wrong and what the other one did wrong and what they did right, you know, in X, Y, and Z. Um, and I too, Megan, feel like the worst thing he could have done was still living out the life that he told Taraji that he was going to create for them with somebody else. Um, to me that just had you don't matter written all over it. And that's a that's a big thing for me. Yep. Um it was never about mattered. her. Thank you. She mattered when he needed her money. You know, yep. she she mattered then for you're right, however many years they were together, she mattered then. It but, was his dream. Know. It was his dream. And it yeah. didn't matter who was on his arm when he achieved it as long as he got it. And I think that's the piece that a lot of people miss is yeah you saw how easy it was for him to do all that stuff with the next woman it never was about you now he probably did love her but i think he also loved he also loved what she could do for him 
And, you know, he, he used her until he couldn't use her no more. I say that. Yep, yep. So, anyway, interesting movie um, for our listeners. If you have not seen Acrimony by Tyler Perry, obviously we advise that you go and watch it. I know it was on, like, Netflix for a while, but it might be on, like, Amazon or something. But, anyway, you should definitely um, definitely go and watch it. So, let's get into the Not Your Average News as we come to the... The, the ending moments of our podcast. So first up, we got Adele and them Bantu knots. I know y'all saw that. I mean, it, it's straightforward. Adele had on Bantu knots. My question is, is she still dating Skepta? Nah, I don't know if y'all know, but... I don't know nothing about that. Who's that? Um, He's like this black British like DJ or rapper oh, or something. Interesting. He's very handsome, not gonna lie. So go ahead, Sans. Um, but I know she was dating him, so I don't know if she's still dating him. I don't understand when people start dating somebody of, like, a different race, and then all of a sudden they're, like, feeling like they are that race, (laughs) or they are that culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Madonna had a history of doing that, too. Like, she would date, like, all these different men from these different backgrounds, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm British now. Like, no, honey, like, just because you lay down with somebody British does not make you British. Like, let's be serious. I I love Adele, I do, but I just think she was dead wrong for them band two knots. Like, she took it too far. I ain't gonna lie, that was tight, too. That was, I mean, mean, whoever did it did a good job, (laughs) but I was just like, girl, you're taking it too far. You you didn't have to have the band two knots. You're taking it too far. It was the, the Bantu knots with the bra. It was the <laughs> Bantu knots with the bra. It was I too was much. like, okay. It was too much. Okay. Um, uh-huh. In other news, <laughs> Niecy Nash, who divorced her husband like a year ago, um, according to random sources, it just got married to a woman. And I think we were all mostly surprised because we just didn't know that she was, you know, gay. Um, I'd always, I guess I just assumed she was straight because I knew she had a husband and I knew she had a daughter. I mean, I just made assumptions, but you never know, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, she came out and she married a woman. So congrats, congrats to her, you know, another one for the LGBTQ plus community. But yeah, yep. that's that piece of news. Yeah, that was interesting. Very interesting. But she looks happy though. That's the, yes. that's the big thing. Like she looks so happy. She really does. She really Shout does. out to them. Um, Marcus Houston, who is 38, married a 19-year-old girl. Um, a lot of people were shocked by this. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, when I saw this, this wasn't news to me. Um, not that I already knew he was married to this young girl, but I feel like Marcus Houston was just in the in like the tabloids or whatever, like a few years ago because of his like religion or something. Like I just remember him, I just remember seeing his name like on the shade room, maybe like two a year and a half to two years ago and it was something in relation to his religion he became a jehovah's witness oh okay 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 and then all right so oh interesting um yeah well anyway he and that girl look the same age so i don't know him he looks very young but i don't i think the issue i have with it i mean obviously do what you want but i mostly just felt bad for her because i know like when i was younger in my early 20s and I even I think even as a teenager, I think at 18 or 19, my mom listens to this podcast, thank God, but 18 or 19, um, I had dated a guy that was like 25 or 26 or something like that, thinking I was grown. And, you know, luckily it didn't get anywhere. But knowing what I know now as almost a 30-year-old woman, I could not imagine, first off, being married at 19. And second off, being married to somebody who's significantly older than me at 19, who has had a much longer chance to live their life and do things they want to do. So I just really just felt bad for her because at 19, she doesn't even realize like, girl, you have already like committed yourself and you haven't even gotten to go out there and 
you know, live your life and you done settled down with this older man and that's a wrap. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. It probably won't last. I'm pretty sure she'll leave him at some point. I'm just oh, going to yeah. be honest. It's probably going to be like three kids later. Yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. If they even get that far. Um, in other news, so for my '90s fans, um, she's all that classic film with Freddie Prince Jr. Apparently, there's a remake going on with Addison Ray from TikTok. It's going to be a little bit of a gender role switch. Um, Addison Ray will be playing the popular, you know, female, and she'll be the one kind of making over the unpopular male for whatever reason. Um, I just want to put on record, I do not stand this. I do not support <laughs> it. I think that She's All That is a fine piece of work by itself. We should just watch the replays and put it on Netflix and call it a day. That I, sounds like Love Don't Cost a Thing plot, though, right? It was. It was. Kind um, of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Love Don't Cost a Thing. She, re- she made the nerdy guy popular. Yeah. Yeah, but because he paid, he paid, her. He paid her. But with She's oh. All That, it's more so like a... A bet. A bet. He yeah, had a bet with his friends. Yeah. Same. 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 same got to come up with some new ideas. Like, we can't keep recycling yeah. these same plots. I mean, people, I mean, people like seeing that cheese. You know, people <laughs> like seeing the the underdog become the one on top. You know, yeah. we like that. Yeah. And, um, speaking of what uh, she's all that, I can't remember um, the main character, like Janie's real name, the actress's real yeah. name. But um, she has a new movie on Netflix with uh, Damon Wayans Jr. called Love Guaranteed. Rachel, it's really Rachel, yeah, because I love seeing her out, you know, like in other things. Because I, you know, I'm kind of like with Megan, like we love, you know, like early '90s um, or late '90s, early thousands type stuff. We tend to vibe over that, or the same type of just entertainment period. But um, love, she's all that, and so I do like to see her in other projects. And I did notice that that was her in the Love Guaranteed movie, and um, yeah, so it's really cute. And she plays an attorney in the movie, and they sue a um a dating app which is a really cool concept because huh i can't believe that hasn't happened yet um so uh go look it up it's really good i kind of lost my train of thought but anyway it's a good movie and she's in there and also let me just say this too about addison ray not really understanding why she is so famous and why she's a powerhouse in la i mean when homegirl started kicking it with courtney kardashian just on the reg and i mean speaking of like a 38 19 year old age gap i feel like that's the same thing with courtney and addison so i'm not understanding what they could possibly have to just you know jokes about all day as far as friendships go um but that's just very interesting to see how tiktok has really been a catalyst for this young lady and now she is like a heavy hitter in hollywood and sis got movie deals um i'm I'm gonna say this and then we can move on also what an insult to all the other like professional actresses in hollywood who could have played that role you know what i'm saying like i can only imagine like so i'm gonna assume they wanted a white girl i'm i can only imagine like what the Dove Camerons and Sophia Carsons like think about this like okay so the rest of us just out here working professionally every day all day and y'all just got this girl from TikTok to do this movie like oh I'm so tired of people getting famous for doing nothing but anywho the dance that she stole um okay so <laughs> moving into what future futures baby baby mama Eliza Rain um aka the 1000th baby mama jk um she what he's suing her for defamation of character 
And a judge recently ordered him to pay three thousand a month in child support, and so his lawyer claims that he only makes thirty thousand a month, which we all know that's a lie. Future <laughs> makes way childish. more. Childish, childish. Yeah, but I mean that just goes back. Well, I don't even know if that does go back to strong woman ideology, but that definitely goes back to people just not holding men accountable. And mm-hmm. future quit trying to get out of for real for your one thousandth baby, you know, like you just need to tr- stop trying to get out of those responsibilities. Just be a man, pay the girl, raise your child, be happy, and keep it pushing. It does tie in because people are trolling her, saying, "Oh, you chose to have a baby. You need to be able to support it." Yep. He chose to have that baby too. Why y'all mm-hmm. not in his comments saying the same thing? But there we go, making excuses. Yep. So, um, the homeless black man that was shot by the white man in um, Baton Rouge. That right there, disgusting. Just real disgusting. Um, I don't know if y'all have looked this story up. And by y'all, I'm talking to the listeners. I know y'all have. Um, but definitely go in and look it up and do some research on what's going on. So, it was outside of the Trader Joe's um, shopping center in Baton Rouge. And a white man by the name of Jace Boyd believed that um, this black man, Mr. Buckley, who was a homeless black man, was harassing black women. So if I have my facts white correct, man. I... Hmm? <laughs> He's harassing black women. He's I mean, harassing. white women, sorry. That's an important detail, so I had to, I had to yes, say something. White, white women, thank you, thank you. Um, and so, uh, honestly, Mr. Buckley had like walked away from Mr. Boyd because I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they like were talking at one point and Mr. Buckley had approached him and then he walked away from him. And it wasn't until, um, Jay's Boyd saw him speaking to the white women that he felt the need to protect them mm-hmm. and pull out his gun and shoot a older homeless black man who had no weapons on him or anything in the back. And, um, yeah, so a woman came out and stated that she did not feel threatened and the panhandling should not be a death sentence. And so that came from the actual witness. So it's like she herself said it was unnecessary. Nasty. Um, But he obviously was just, you know, trigger happy and looking for a reason to shoot a black man. Yeah. And then I think what's real disgusting, too, is that um, the BRPD had actually like detained him or they were talking to him and then they let him go. And then it wasn't until there was a big vast of, you know, um, public outcry about receiving justice for Mr. Buckley that then they decided to be like, can y'all help us locate Jace Boyd? And it's like, but you have, you have, you know, so um, that tells you a lot about uh, how the police values a black life. And that good old boy at work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Innocent until proven guilty with them, whereas for us, it's dead. And then it's just like, oh, <laughs> right. oh, oh shit. It's yeah. not funny, but I just, at this point, I don't even know how else to react. Sad. Yeah. Um, it drains you. And then also in Atlanta, Clayton County Sheriff Department, a deputy has been placed on administrative leave without pay after a video surfaced um, of him and another deputy using extreme physical force with a black man. His name is Roderick Walker. That's the black man, not the deputy. Um, essentially what happened, and y'all can go look the story up for the listeners, but essentially what happened is they were both on top of him. One deputy can be seen punching him in the video. Um, you hear one of the deputies say that Walker bit him, but you can also hear Walker, um, saying that he's about to die. And so allegedly there was a woman who was with him and several children in a separate car, I believe, who witnessed the entire thing. Um, This really did not get a lot of attention until someone who's his cousin put the video up on Instagram claiming that Walker was in a lift and the driver's taillight was out. 
the police pulled the driver over and asked for everyone's license. Or I've seen another story where they're saying that apparently the Lyft driver didn't have their license. So the deputy was asking for Walker and the woman who was with him to provide their license. And, you know, Walker didn't comply because he's like, well, I'm not the driver. And from there, it just escalated. Um, So, you know, his attorneys are demanding justice and more actions taken against the deputies who were on this scene. So stay tuned for that. Luckily, he's not um, dead. But, you know, just another example of how right now the system really isn't doing anything for Black people in their safety. I just want to say, as a general note for this whole police thing and um, police brutality stuff, I'm sure y'all have heard some Black people, especially Black people who are not for the BLM movement, um, I'm sure y'all have heard them say stuff like, oh, well, this is why y'all need to know your rights and knowing your rights this and knowing your rights that. And I know somebody who said it famously was Trina. We're going to leave that where it is. Um, But nevertheless, I I feel like this is a great example of many of how knowing your rights does you no favors as a Black man or as a Mm -hmm. Black person really in general. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not driving a car, you have no reason to ask me for my identification. But at the end of the day, it's like you try to stand up for yourself and know your rights and then look how far it gets you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's like you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. I want to put that little note in there. Yeah, I agree. You're absolutely right, Dice. Yeah. Um, so going to a bit of a lighter note, um, the Monica and Brandy versus was about what, about a week or so ago at this point. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you so much to those two Queens for giving us that primetime COVID content. I needed it. It was definitely a, a pick me up for me. I know the three of us were like live texting. I was going to say live tweeting. We were like live texting the whole time. So I love doing little updates like that. Um, that's really fun for me. And my mom was sitting right next to me and she could not understand why we would be texting and watching at the same time and then texting about what we're watching. And I'm like, well, mom, that's the experience. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then she fell asleep in, in the middle of the Monica you. and Brandy verses. I my mom understand. is like the same way. Like my sister will tell me all the time. Like, she'll be like, mom, be like, why are y'all watching this? They're not even singing. Like <laughs> she doesn't get it at all. Like she's just like, this is pointless or whatever. They just, they don't understand. Parents Wait. just don't understand. So the real question is, are y'all going to help y'all mamas watch the Gladys Knight pay LaBelle one tonight? I would be no <laughs> she such thing. real nice to me. She better be real nice. I, nah, no I already showed her. No, I heard all she yeah, had to do complain anyway, so. Uh-huh. I already showed her. I said, mama, this is where you go. Like, literally, I had to give her, like, a little Instagram tutorial. And I was like, you go to the ones with the blue check marks. <laughs> like, we were testing each other and trying to quiz each other. For whatever reason, she clicked on this um, profile that said Versus TV, but it's not the, like, legitimate Versus TV. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mom, why did you click on that one? She was like, oh, because it said TV on it. And I was like, so you just missed that blue check mark and the one above it? Like, we just skipped all over that? So anyway, I showed her um, how to get to them and Hopefully she'll be able to find herself there tonight because, you know, can't promise I'll help her out on that one. JK. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then I just want to say a quick thank you on behalf of the entire Not Your Average Black Girls co-host or all three of us. I want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners, um, especially our overseas listeners. Um, we just get so, I think, um, like caught off guard sometimes whenever we check our little metrics and we see that. You know, not only are people listening to us, but it's like people in the Bahamas and the UK, um, the Czech Republic and the Philippines, like just so many countries that I would have never expected that we would have somebody download a Not Your Average Black Girl podcast. 
um, episode at. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much to all of our listeners, all of our listeners. Yeah. And lastly, um, we cannot end this episode without saying rest in peace to the legendary Chadwick Boseman. Um, we suffered a hard loss a few mm-hmm. weeks ago and um, definitely felt a change in my energy ever since I heard the news. Did not seem real that whole day. It just did not seem real. Um, and the days following definitely took some coping. Um, we lost a king. We lost a king. We lost a king. But I mean, what a beautiful person he was. And I felt mm-hmm. like his energy was emitted while he was still giving us his gifts. And obviously, once he passed away and everybody was able to share their experiences and, you know, definitely um, knowing the the circumstances of his passing away, it made a lot of things come full circle for fans, for fans and colleagues and, you know, the like. So um, definitely just, I don't know, just put a a heavier impact on his passing because we really got blessed by this man while he was struggling. And we didn't even know what he Mm -hmm. was going through, even though we all saw it. Right. Um, And so, yeah. I was just going to say, and let us all, and when I say us all, I mean listeners included, um, let us all use just his time here as inspiration Mm -hmm. to not make excuses Um, you know, and I'm definitely talking to myself with this one to not make excuses to not let the, you know, that I'm tired or it's been a long day be the reason we don't achieve our goals and make things happen because anyone who can battle through cancer and leave us with the work that he left us with without us even knowing the battle that he was going through, you know, if he can do it, then I don't think any of us have an excuse not to do anything that we claim we want. Um, And I know that will definitely, you know, just let his hard work and his determination be another one of my many inspirations to go for my goals personally. So rest is too short, y'all. Agreed, agreed. Life is too short. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this latest episode of the Not Your Average Black Girls. We love you. We'll see you uh, this time in a few weeks. So love you. Bye. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.